like it really seemed what was really sticking out is the consequences to our actions, you know, and I I really have enjoyed just in this journey so far, he talked about how life is a journey and how we can go through blindly or follow a map and how the word pretty much is a map of how to navigate, you know, navigate through this journey we call life and we can look at the map every now and then or we can hold it close to us and follow it every step to avoid mm-hmm. you know consequences and I had said to myself I had asked myself you know is it possible to live consequence free and I, I can't say that I can validate that through experience but I I believe that it's possible because I've had times in my life where when I had more of a a focus on what I was supposed to be doing operating in better obedience that there definitely it was a lot less drama sure so I can say that it is possible and it was consistent I mean when I had even things that attempted to be somewhat of a challenge, I would just pray about it, let the Lord know what my needs were, you know, knowing that he already knows what my needs are and things were taken care of. And there was a point in my life where that was consistent. So I do know that it's possible. And then there was this place where I was like, wow, like, can I get back to that place or was that just maybe a period of grace at that time? So, you know, the only thing that I can do is get back to that pattern of obedience consistently and prove that, prove that theory true. But there was also the theme, even though it talked about the strategies that the enemy uses one thing that really stood out to me was that how God is always aware. God has always been aware of it. And he's always had strategies for us to get out of it. He's, he actually warned us ahead of time. The fact that we're given a map, we're given the word. Mm-hmm. The fact that we have the Holy Spirit. We have everything that we need. But it's this desire to be independent. Yeah. Just like a child, although they need their parents and need their parents to provide everything they want to be independent and can be combative and it causes conflict and I thought that was a great analogy on how we can be if we grow in knowledge we start to operate independently of God and some people do it because they do they they want that independence they don't want to rely on God they don't want that relationship or knowledge has um, their knowledge has grown to the point where they then begin to question the necessity to operate in accordance with the word of God because now they see themselves as above that um, I think we have people like that and then you have people that like for me, my issue wasn't necessarily that I wanted to be independent. If I'm getting blessed and I'm feeling motivated, I just start having all these ideas. Mm-hmm. 
and I want to, I want to do this and then I want to do this and then I want to do this and then, oh, we can do this too. And I'm, then I'm envisioning this and I don't think any of those things are bad things, but then I start, I start getting into this place where I'm just going to start trying stuff as opposed to asking the Lord for more of guidance on what specific areas he's instructing me in like what would be what would have your grace God what direction are you pointing me in because I know if he points me in that direction it'll flourish whenever I try something on my own it you know it fizzles and I'm starting to just ask God like Lord what what do you want me to do yeah uh you know what stands out to me is also how um a lot of these tendencies that we have are so linked to lack of patience mm-hmm. because while we just like children we want to be like our parents we humans want to be like God right there are certain there's a certain part of us from uh, the, our fallen nature that we you know like you were talking about the moment that people acquire uh, knowledge and whether it's by the validation of a, of a degree or a fancy degree or whatever, or they acquire um, uh, assets which gives them this sense of power. You know, is this want to be like our God, which is how we got defe- deceived in the first place. But then we have that wrestling with the fact that we know we are in a human experience and our lifespan is somewhat limited as far as being inside this body, being in, in on earth. So that's where we tend to operate in a hurry. Like the in, a lot of the s- sinful uh, behaviors that we have uh, seems to come from uh, l- wanting to live a pleasure-based life rather than a value-based life. So instant gratification, hence whether it's sexual sin or uh, uh, using vices and, and things that are harmful to just get, you know, a sensation that makes us feel uh, good right away or things that uh, just feed our ego. Uh, it has to be instant or quick at least when, uh, you know, I think that um, one thing that stood out in, uh, in the sermon too is the idea that when God says no to certain things, it's so that all of his yeses can be accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, so he gives us so much for free, free of charge. And the, the, the things that stand in the way are the ones that he's not just necessarily forbidding us to, 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 to do those things, but he's saying it's so much better if you don't do those things because those are going to harm you and keep you from enjoying all the things that I'm giving you freely you know well and the word says you know all things are permissible but not everything is helpful right um I'm not sure what uh book chapter and verse that is but um that it it says that in the word and then it also says that you know what the enemy meant for harm that God will always use for our good if we recognize mm 
our disobedience and repent for it. Like there is no moving out of the situation until you acknowledge that it was the wrong move. Just period. They, you know, they'll tell you that in psychology, in order to get out of an issue, you have to admit that you have an issue in order to fix a problem. You have to admit that you have the problem. Same thing with the word. Like a lot of stuff is word based. They just don't want to give the word the acknowledgement that it deserves. Um, there's a lot of psychological truths that come out of here that are just reworded. Uh, I, that that could be a whole podcast in and of itself, more than likely. But the one thing that you said was, you know, the instant gratification. And for someone like me, I don't necessarily... I wasn't... When I was making mistakes, I never looked at it as an instant gratification or anything like that but one thing it says in uh genesis 3 uh verse 6 it says so when the the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to wait make one wise she took up its fruit and ate and i think that what the enemy does is like like he was saying um and what we were watching earlier is he paints this picture where now the consequences are not visible. She had already told the serpent that God said, she said, and the woman said to the serpent and back in verse two, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die now that didn't mean the tree wasn't just as good but she knew the consequences the consequences of it just because it was good looking what stuck out to her was the understanding of the consequences so they didn't even pay that tree any mind it wasn't even an option like when i know that if the iron is hot and i'm gonna burn myself if i touch it i'm not gonna think about touching it I'm not going to think about touching it. But if the iron is just sitting there and I'm not aware that it's been used or, you know, I go to move it, the potential that it's hot. I mean, as an adult, I probably would still consider that. But if I'm a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have to see them as children, they didn't know what evil was. And just like children do, we have to part of our responsibility is to make them aware of the difference um, in the most loving ways. Most of us learn through our consequences, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, there she wasn't thinking about the tree because she was aware of what was going to happen if she touched it uh, and, you know, ate of it. So it wasn't even a thought. But then he painted this picture for her that removed the evil and all she saw was the good and that was one thing that we can we can do as adults we will all he did was justify you know we justify what we really want and when she took the enemy's visualization and accepted it as her own because all he did was cause her to see things through his eyes Mm -hmm. and she stopped seeing it through the eyes that she was given you know, we already have what we want. We already know really what we should and shouldn't do. But when we can be convinced to see it in different eyes, P- 
peer pressure, influence of friends to do what we know is really not helpful. They can paint a picture where we will then justify just seeing the good and neglecting what we know the consequences to potentially be. And that can really cause us to move in directions where, okay, we've accomplished the good, but there's still the consequences to deal with. Yeah. Um, and instant gratification, again, is this constant uh, oppression, I believe, of information that never shows you the consequences. If I constantly show you the benefits of eating fast food, you can get it fast, eat it fast. Oh, look at these pretty golden fries and this mm-hmm. perfect burger. And, you know, uh, oh, it's so convenient. You can just go through the drive-thru window. We can drop it to your house. They don't ever tell you doing this too much will break your pocket. You know, because you can't eat out every night. It's much cheaper to buy food and cook your food at home. They're not going to tell you too much of these fries will raise your cholesterol if you do this every night. You know, this burger, the same thing. Maybe even now in in the time frame we live in, it's not even real meat. It's got other chemicals and preservatives in it that are going to alter the, the, the chemical exchange in your cells, which then will confuse them and possibly all we, we know confused cells. Well, we don't know, but what cancer is are confused cells. They forget their purpose. That's what cancer is. And That's they, what most disease is. <laughs> so, and they put stuff in these, in these foods that make you addicted. Yeah, those are the perver- preservatives, additives, all these different things. So there are changing the chemistry of who you are and they don't put these things in the advertisement. So again, just like the serpent did in the garden, he paints this picture that causes us to ignore the other valid facts. There are positive and negatives to everything. It's a dance that we do all the time and one cannot exist without the other. So it's, It's something that we have to be aware of, but he gave them specifics. He didn't even go into the details. He just said, don't eat it, don't touch it. Eat all that stuff. You can eat all of the other things. And and that was another thing. We forget all of the other things we have access to. All of the other things, all of the good things that are options out there. And we just fixate on the one thing we can't have. And that's one statement that's very true. Most people desire most the one thing they can't have. And that's, that's, it's always, you know, been an enigma to me. But the older I get, it's kind of like, well, if I I can't miss what I ain't had. (laughs) That's my mantra now, you know, forget wanting what I can have. If I, I can't miss it, if I ain't never had it, you know? So I think. It's, it takes maturity. It takes maturity to grow in discernment of well, these things. Maturity and the, the God-given wisdom. You know, I think that it's, at this point, it's, it's, a, it's a proven fact that people can grow in intellect. They can get extremely highly educated. Um, beyond belief, you know, and, and travel the world and, 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 and acquire so much experience, but that does not equate to divinely imparted wisdom that we can only get 
through a relationship, a personal and intimate relationship with the Most High, and by asking, which we can be more effective in receiving what we ask for, again, if we have a close relationship. And it just goes to show that, again, you know, we, uh, we can tend to take the longest route to, to then get counterfeit results, you know. Uh, hence, you can have three PhDs, but still you can be completely unwise in your decisions. And you spent all these decades studying and spent all this money to get these degrees and went through great lengths. And still it does not equate with what you can actually benefit from by taking the time to quiet your mind and spend some intimate time with God and read the word, which if you think about it, is so much less work. (laughs) Well, it just goes to show that we live in a world that says knowledge is power. You know, with knowledge, you can get this, you can get that, you can acquire money and properties and all these different things. But again, you can have all the book knowledge that you want and be a foolish individual and really where it's at is you know having life and living life we are built innately with everything that we need if we exist in this world the planet there's before there were books and all these different things people listen to the earth that was the best teacher you know, we followed the the stars and the sky and the seasons. And a lot of the knowledge that we have now is nothing but a graduated scale of that baseline information. And when we had the basics, we lived more simple. There was less pollution. There was less uh, plagues and things like that that happened in the world. It's us trying to advance in ways that are not beneficial to the whole that causes imbalance. Any growth that has benefited the whole has been beneficial. We can see that in these different societies that have been more advanced than others. Most of these societies that have been more advanced, they have they spread like disease and then they want to go and spread this disease to other places. And then they want to take what is organic, just like viruses do. They take that which is already present, they incorporate themselves into it, and then it begins to take on different traits. It has somewhat of the same, but then it's different. And I I don't mean that to be a slight against growth or science or awareness or anything like that, but I believe true science is balance. It's a balance in all things. The fact that this world is the way it is and it's imbalanced means that something is wrong. But no one wants to take responsibility for it. And to me, the answer is quite simple. If you have pollution, stop using things that pollute. You know what I mean? If you have, you know, disparity in race and culture... Don't don't get me started because then they don't be start becoming politics and then people are like oh you're this and you're that and I really don't care what anybody thinks but in the same token we want to keep this word based but it's very simple it is very simple on how to live in balance and if we see something is out of balance and we can take something that is ours 
to help rebalance something else, whether it's food, whether it's finances and things like that. Doing what's right to balance out the world is not our innate nature. And I believe the enemy has created this counterbalance energy that even if people are well-meaning, there's a consequence for trying to rebalance. If I, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, we see it all the time. There's people who you got to go through all this red tape to start a nonprofit and and to get funds Mm -hmm. to do good in the system. I remember I tried to start this, um, this small little donation business where I would go to churches, pick up clothes and take them to the local thrift stores in the area to kind of try to create more of an influx influx of clothing that could be given to those who are less fortunate. When I tell you, I mean, it's probably not a good thing that it was churches, but I mean, you would have thought that I was just trying to steal these clothes. Like, I'm like, you, you, wait a minute. So I want to take the clothes that you're not using and take them somewhere where they will be utilized. And all they did was worry about what I was doing with the clothes. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not even wearing them. First of all, what do you care? But I actually was very clear about what I was doing with them. But when I tell you, it was like pulling teeth to get charity. Like, people are so skeptical about giving. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but I believe that a large portion of it is you've had these nonprofit, these charitable corporations that have been so uh, shady that people don't want to give. But I'm just like, wow, like, we take these larger narratives and now everybody is looked at you know, through one, you know, skeptically. And we, 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 this world has just been so twisted. The truth has been so twisted. And it started back here in Genesis. Mm -hmm. He said, you shall surely not die. You will surely not die. If God says you're going to die, then you're going to die. So then this cat comes across and says, you surely will not die. Who are you going to believe? Right. Like, it still blows my mind that she listened to the serpent as opposed to going back. And I'm like, hold on, hold that thought one minute. I'm going to go ask this guy. So he said that this was this, and you said that was that. Can you handle this for me? Like, I just don't. I mean, you know, I, I actually wonder about that. And being that uh, Adam and Eve had, they, I mean, they had daily communion and fellowship God, like they literally walked walked around with daily, daily, so they knew God extremely well. Wouldn't you think that she would? She would have been like, um, God, who's this guy? (laughs) Like, who is this guy? We we have never been formally introduced. Like, uh, and he's talking stuff that is is contrary to what you said. Like, who is he? Let me tell you, even I could not hang. She and I could not hang together because I like, uh-uh, I only deal with smart broads. I'm sorry. I cannot hang with you. That's why I don't have that many women friends anyway because I'm like, that's how you think? Oh, yeah, we can't roll because I'm going to be that one friend that is going to just knock you off your high horse every time. Like, you know, that's not a good idea, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, the word says, uh, and you were actually mentioning that earlier today, like uh, whatever the enemy meant for, for evil, God 
means for good, mm-hmm. right? He, so God can take a bad situation or something that started from the schemes of the enemy's work uh, and turn it all around. And again, it goes back to the garden where, um, okay, this happened. So uh, by uh, uh, the the occurrence of the um, the original sin, uh, the enemy succeeded in deceiving Adam and Eve. So therefore, we beca- we became fallen. The world became a place that now was handed over to the enemy when initially was supposed to be ours, right? Um, so now uh, we, along with that, we have developed the, the nature of sin, uh, sickness came into the world and all these other instincts that are definitely not good like uh, selfishness not like you you know we've heard many times you don't have to teach a, a kid to be selfish they are just mm-hmm. naturally selfish mm-hmm. you know but you have to teach them to be altruistic mm-hmm. right so that just goes to show that certain instincts are because of the fall mm-hmm. right but then god said okay all right so now what i'm gonna do for every spirit that i send to earth in um, and and make them uh, into a human being they have to live a life of purpose which is of service so they have to learn to be unselfish in in uh, like rick warren says in in his book you know like it's not about you Mm-hmm. Like, so if you can actually exercise that muscle, mm-hmm. like the, the ability to live with that uh, 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 purpose, which is find what your purpose if, uh, purpose is, which is usually to, to service and help other people, mm-hmm. not just yourself, mm-hmm. then that's where God took something that was meant for evil and turning around mm-hmm. for the purpose of growing us spiritually mm-hmm. through this mm-hmm. exercise and this training period that is the mm-hmm. that is the walk the, the on yeah. earth on earth that is exactly. called life so you want to be you all your responsibility is to be you and your job is to take all these wonderful things that you're good at and use them to help other people and not yourself and if you can spend your life doing that i'm good <laughs> we're, we're good we can we can get back on good terms because since you wanted to be so independent, yeah, this independence includes your gifts and all these different things. But you now that you have this capacity to know the good and the bad and the ugly, you have to take my word, take this life that you've wanted to live full of independence and utilize them all together and let's see how you do. And if you ask for my help, if you humble yourself, if you recognize my son, I will honor your prayers and I will help you. As often as you ask me. Not only that, I will give you the Holy Spirit to guide you in all truth. So you'll have the keys that you need in order to navigate through this life to get back to the place that you once were. But you have to do the work. Right. We were already there, but now we got to work to get back to that place. And that place, we have all the tools. We still have all the tools, but a lot of this life from from, uh, conception to I mean because it even goes into what our parents were doing while we're in the womb. Yeah. You know, then we're born, we are indoctrinated to forget 
all of these key things. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we as parents, we don't teach our children to connect with God unless we are taught very early. That has been one blessing that I took for granted because I was immersed in it again, being a, the typical selfish child. I never really appreciated the spiritual foundation that my parents laid. They gave me the awareness of God so early that it was second nature to me. So when trouble came, that was my first go-to. It wasn't my friends. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, and mind you, it wasn't necessarily even the Bible. It was talking, directly communing with God and asking for help. And being that young, I'm not held accountable like I am now. So God heard me. God yeah. heard me and he helped me and anything that I asked for. But I had to humble myself and because I still didn't, I was still very ignorant to how to hear God and all these different things and a lot of the terminology and these, everything was just over my head. I I just think back and I, I, I can see how God has been with me all this time, even in the bad decisions. Like I really don't, I, I don't really know how I got out of some of the situations that I got into. Uh, except for that the Holy Spirit is with me. I've seen with my own children, you know, the Holy Spirit and God's mighty angels step in to save my children. I told you how Phoenix was almost hit by a UPS truck. Mm-hmm. I, till this day, I cannot believe, like, I just saw this wind push her to me. And I'm like, I was literally like, I had such an emotional moment because she didn't move. She did not move. There was a wind that pushed her to me. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I, I, I've had so many things that when I reflect, it, I, I still, there's no other way. Yeah. There's no other way except for, you know, God's angel stepped in and protected my daughter. Yeah. And protected me from a lot of the foolish decisions that I made. Because I was in some, some, some murky, jerky, nasty places. You know, that's a whole nother podcast. In another mm. But, you know, like, I, I don't play because I've been in that world and that those dark places I don't play I know it when I see it and I call it for what it is and that doesn't necessarily mean I've made all the right choices but they've gotten better over time and at this point you can't convince me like I'm like yeah I'm not gonna play this game with you so I mean but I wanted to just kind of read the application portion because we've been reading uh, Genesis 3 uh, just we've only made it through one through through six, and uh, there's so much. <laughs> there's in there's that so much already. in it. Yeah. But in in the in the uh, application, uh, it there was it's a, it's a little bit. I'll try to uh, read it fast. It says, you know, serp, the serpent Satan tempted Eve by getting her to doubt God's goodness. He implied that God was strict, stingy, and selfish for not wanting Eve to share in His knowledge of good and evil. Satan made Eve forget all that God had given her and instead focused on what God had forbidden. We fall into trouble, too, when we dwell on what God forbids rather than the countless blessings and promises God has given us. The next time you are feeling sorry for yourself over what you don't have, consider all you do have and thank God. Then your doubts won't lead you into sin. Adam and Eve got what they wanted, an intimate knowledge of both good and evil, but they got it by doing evil, and the results were disastrous. Sometimes we have the illusion that freedom is doing anything we want. 
but knowing well i'm sorry but knowing oh sorry but god says that true freedom comes from obedience knowing what not to do the restrictions he gives us are for our good helping us to avoid evil we have the freedom to walk in front of a speeding car but we don't need to be hit to realize it would be foolish to do so don't listen to satan's temptations you don't have to do evil to gain more experience and learn more about life it wasn't wrong for eve to want to be like god to become more like god is humanity's highest goal it is what we are supposed to do but satan misled eve concerning the right way to accomplish this goal he told her that she should become more like god by defying god's authority by taking god's place and deciding for herself which was what was best for her life in effect he told her to become her own god but to become like god is not the same as trying to become god rather it is to reflect his characteristics and to recognize his authority over your life like eve we often have a worthy goal but try to achieve it in the wrong way we act like a political candidate who pays off an election judge to be voted into often office when he does this when he does this serving the people is no longer his highest goal i love this part self-exaltation leads to rebellion against god mm. as soon as we begin to leave god out of our plans we are placing ourselves above him this is exactly what satan wants us to do satan tried to make eve think that sin is good pleasant and desirable a knowledge of both good and evil seems harmless to her people usually choose the wrong things because they have become convinced that those things are good at least for themselves our sins do not always appear ugly to us and the pleasant sins are the hardest to avoid so prepare yourself for the attractive temptations that may come your way we cannot always prevent temptation but there is always a way to escape use god's word and god's people to help you stand against it and that's what i always say we are god's standard god's people are the standard in the earth and that's why for me it is so important to have friends that have a healthy relationship with the most high to have people in my life that remind me of who i am in the kingdom of god and to share that with my friends who don't operate in that way because at the end of the day part of our responsibility is to share Christ with others and and to be that salt for other people we know that salt it can be flavorful but salt can sting when it's healing a wound mm. it can be very healing and we're supposed to be that salt of the earth we're supposed to bring the flavor but we're also supposed to sting if we are 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 communicating with uh truth and love and what we know is the right thing but we're supposed to do it as loving as possible so i know that a lot of my decisions people had to be you know salting me and i didn't like it at the time but in reflection now i'm so glad that there were people that loved me enough to not care about how i would feel about the things that they said or the distance that they took from me in order to set a precedence of what they were willing to accept from me and what they weren't 
Uh, I'm grateful for the people who walk the walk and talk the talk and lead by example because I can see a difference in their life in comparison to mine when I lived in ways of hypocrisy. And I think that a lot of my mistakes, thankfully to God Almighty, in repentance and surrendering, it's helped me change a lot of areas and it's bought me good things as a result. I think I was in that place of shifting, and I'm still shifting when I met you. Yeah. You know, and I think that it does show that if you can repent and and acknowledge the things that you need to change, there is healing in that, and you can shift things for the better. But the longer you're in these these areas of of evil, sin, of just being disobedient and doing what is not right you prolong that process of healing. It's like eating unhealthy for years. Like you can eat healthy, unhealthy for a month and recover in a month. But if you're eating unhealthy for years and years and years, that path to recovery is going to take longer. And, you know, I, I, there are consequences I'm still dealing with now, but thankfully there's been good things out of it. I've made bad relationship choices and, you know, I've had to deal with the sting of divorce and things like that, but I have these beautiful children. Right. You know, there's these beautiful benefits, but it's such a bittersweet thing to have to learn off the back end as opposed to being obedient in the front. So I just try to instill that in my kids. I'm, I tell my son, Phoenix can't understand, but I tell Zaire, look at my life. You see the decisions I made that were bad. Don't do them. Look at what I did right and see the consequences, see the results. There are good consequences too when you do the right thing, but you have to put God first. Um, and ask when you went, a lot of times, if innately I know something is wrong, but it ain't one of those things where it really is bad because it doesn't affect other people. I always have to check myself. I always have to check myself because again, the word says, all things are permissible, but not everything is helpful. And uh, I try to, for the most part, consider how my activity affects other people. Um, I don't let anyone get in the way of my faith. I will try my best to work around respecting people's feelings, but I do have to operate within a standard. And I believe that if I am obedient to God, even those those situations where I have to make difficult decisions, he can turn things around where even though it was a little rough around the edges when I went in, it's a beautiful outcome. So That's right. You know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, ultimately, uh, if we keep in the forefront of our mind that, you know, the Most High God, our Father, he he does everything out of love so even this uh this uh, uh world that is fallen and it's uh, uh filled with sin and pain and disasters and all the schemes of the enemy um again it's nothing but now an opportunity for us to train our spiritual muscle to elevate ourselves. So all these things, they're nothing but in, in, a, sim, in a more simplified uh, way of explaining it. Like, like an obstacle course. 
you know, how, how, how do we train our soldiers through obstacle courses and boot camps? Mm-hmm. If you are a football team, how do you, how do you train them? You, you, you know, you have them play against each other, so you learn how to play with an opponent. You know, you, you, you have to learn that way in order to become your best self. Mm-hmm. So now we, live, we have this opportunity to live a life that is, that is a training ground to make us better. And as we do that, let's all enjoy this journey and this process of learning. And in, in the midst of that, uh, God will give us uh, good things, mm-hmm. you know, because by, uh, uh, by uh, living for others, which is, again, it goes back to that, by being unselfish and in living a life of service, we unleash uh, God's miracles and the multiplication of things is like when Jesus fed the multitude mm-hmm, with the with mm-hmm. the fish with the fish and the in the in the loaves of bread, and we end up with the very things that we out of selfishness we were trying to protect and hoard. Mm-hmm. We actually end up. What does the, that part of the Bible says talks about? How at the end they were left with twelve baskets full mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. leftovers. Mm-hmm. So. We end up giving it away to then get more than we thought we were going to have mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. So we end up with multiplied blessings on top of that. So how can that be even questioned? I don't even get it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer to me, you know, but it's hard to do at the moment where the flesh is strong and you have to give up. So it seems yeah. like you have to give up so much. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so hard and you're going to go through so much pain and strife and this and that or the other. That's where you got to stop. Yeah. T- take a, you know, take a deep breath and just spend some time with the Lord mm-hmm. and talk to him. He'll give us the strength. He will give us the the fruit of the spirit to deal with all these things. He'll give mm-hmm. us the wisdom, the mm-hmm. direction, all of the things that we need to actually go through this process. Mm-hmm. And, well, and that, yeah. and you're right. Like I think we have the fruit, the 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 fruits of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. Uh, and one of the gifts of the spirit is discernment, and discernment is only given to those who accept Christ. We are given the discernment to really recognize the difference between good and evil. We have that capacity, but it's only given to children of the Most High. If you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, you do not operate with that gift because you have to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in order to do that. When we were, when 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 they sinned in the garden, our, their spirits were once alive. But when she ate of the knowledge of the tree and good of good and evil, what died was their spirit, not their bodies. Their bodies didn't die, but their spirit was dead. And it's not until we have that rebirth with, in the Holy Spirit by rededicating and being reborn, a new creature, born again, that our spirits are then infused with the Holy Spirit and then we are alive. And it's through the gifts that the Spirit brings that we become, that's why they say we can be, we become a new creature because part of us is infused with something that we never had before, which is why it's, it is uncomfortable to do the wrong things. Even if you do them, there's a, an unsettledness Mm -hmm. because there's a part of you that knows it's not right. But that doesn't mean that our, our bodies aren't still connected to the earth, but there's this unsettledness. 
and then it becomes extremely uncomfortable. People who are out here that don't have the Holy Spirit, they could care less what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes they enjoy it and they revel in it and look at you like you crazy. But, you know, when you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, you can see both sides. They're again operating as Eve did in the garden and only seeing the pleasure in what is wrong. Yeah. And they have justified themselves in that area. And it's only with becoming uh, a new creature and having your mind renewed that you can discern the difference between the two. That friend who is a, 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 an idolater or a um, uh, an adulterer, they'll be justifying their activity, but we know what they're doing is wrong. You know what I mean? And, and it's, they it's know hard, it and they know it too. Deep inside, yeah. They know it too, but there is not that Holy Spirit indwelling that convicts them, which is why they keep repeating. It almost becomes an addiction. It's right. those other demons that come and they compel you and you no longer control your actions. You are in, uh, it's a compulsive behavior. It's like a, any other addiction, sexual, that, you know, adulterer, um, uh, being an adulterer is an, a sexual, a sexual addiction pretty much. It's yeah, a perverse yeah, yeah, yeah. spirit, yeah. you know, being a liar, being, uh, addicted to cigarettes. These are all spirits that, yeah. Until you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, there is no uncomfortable feeling. And what you'll do with that friend who is godly is you'll disconnect from them. Oh, when I'm going to do my dirt, I'm just not going to call them. Because they don't support me in my justification. And that's what the enemy does. It goes, oh, they're, they're just this. Oh, they just love God. You know, the enemy, again, is the, the accuser or the brother. So he'll accuse your godly friend and make them look in a way where it justifies you not spending time with them. You will justify saying, well, I can't be around this person because they're this or they're that. And they just find that justification and judgment. So they will take their space. I've had it happen to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not the friend to hang out with. If you want to cheat on your man, if you want to talk trash on your, 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 your man, like I understand people go through things, so I will listen. But when it becomes a repetitive thing, it's a spirit. So then I have to kind of, I hate to say it, rebuke it. Like, I have to do it in myself. I have to recognize it in myself. Like, I'll get mad at you, and then I want to be, like, venting to somebody. But it's not good. And you know what? Because I know better, I only hurt myself. Right. I only hurt myself, and I get in the way of my blessings. Because I'm supposed to respect you. And if I'm being obedient, I don't talk about you behind your back. Right. So yeah. if I want my blessings to continue, I can't do that. So I have to bottle it up and just be mad. So you just get all of it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you said um, uh, you said something earlier, and I think that uh, if anybody that may be listening, they you know that that is kind of pondering on this on this on on these concepts, might be asking, how do you know? Uh, if you are spiritually dead, right? Because, like, I using myself as an example, like, if I think, because, you know, I was raised in the church, mm-hmm. and I was also very lucky that I have had some pretty close encounters with, mm-hmm. with God. Like, I definitely knew early uh, that God loved me. Like, I was the apple of his eyes, and and, and, and and I felt that, mm-hmm. but I also know what it's what it was like to 
kind of depart in in in, in uh, distance myself, you know, and and uh, and kind of do my own thing. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I know the feeling, but even during those times, like I didn't feel dead, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing quotation marks. Well, yeah, if you're doing you're wrong, co- you sometimes you know, can feel very much alive. You actually, exactly. <laughs> like and being a, you know being somebody who uh, who does artistic things for a living. Like I felt very much alive. I felt inspired, um, and it's like okay, uh, I don't feel dead. Like I have strong emotions. I feel. Uh, you know, like I have positive feelings, like even uh, of altruism. I care for people, so it's like, how dare you tell me I'm spiritually dead, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But again, being in the music business, for instance, uh, I can see how, uh, and there are different degrees, but also because there are different degrees of quote unquote deadness, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you are somebody that no matter how uh, many uh, joyful moments and happy moments you may have had like that made you proud or like you graduated from your you know master de- with a master degree or you got a huge promotion or you know uh, you got great security money in the bank whatever uh, or the, the birth of your children like moments that really can really fill your heart mm-hmm. we all have those but if you still have a sense of emptiness if there's something in within you that it just feels like you cannot fill, it's a you void. know what I mean? There's it's a, a void. void there, like that maybe causes you to go in and, and, and fill your glass with a little bit of the happy juice or you feel like you need Drugs. to do this thing or that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's just because, you know, there's that emptiness. I see it in the music business all the time. People that are extremely um, celebrated and they're super successful Yet, I mean, we know about Kurt Cobain and many other... Kurt Cobain committed suicide. There's been artists that have been, like, literally... Lo- if you look at them from the outside, they've been at, on the top of, at the top of the yeah, world. think about Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah. And these people took their own lives. Uh-huh. So, I... Knowing that I've had periods where life was rough, and I've had moments of... That, that, uh, that were... It was in clinical depression, but I think that depression is also a state of mind where you just feel low, you know what I mean? You lose that hope. Definitely, I can feel a completely different change in myself now versus then. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll have periods of uh, in my life where, you know, things are rough. You know, I have my challenges. But that f- the, the feeling where... Like, you know, I'm just kind of, my, my, my spirit is a little a little fatigued. I may have that a little bit, but it never lasts that long. Yeah. I think with the void, it's a despair. And, and I know you spoke from uh, more of an artistic perspective, but you have, like, you know, people out here, there's different types of vices that you can't seem to break through from. You know, it's uh, a constant, like, I think about the sexual uh, sins where you constantly had to feed yourself with sex partners. There's a void of, of love or feeling that connection in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. There's a release or whatever you feel that you're getting and it never lasts, which is why you have to, what we call bed hopping. You know, you have, you know, a lot of women and men who deal with that. There's all types of addictions out there when you are trying to constantly find joy in external things, 
when you have to go outside of yourself in order to fill this void and this despair, that is a sign that you're spiritually dead. Your spirit is life. Your spirit (laughs) is your life itself. So you can operate and animate. You know, your brain is a computer that's connected to your body that tells it to do stuff. And you, your, your brain through birth, you know, from the moment you're born, your brain is developing and all these synapses are firing off and you're taught. We know from ages zero to, I think it's about seven ish. You're pretty much just living a movie. You're just watching everything. And even your responses are based on imprinting, which is when you see the response of your mother. Oh, the dog bark. What did mom do? Oh, she laughed. Okay, I guess I should laugh when I see the dog do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I go to touch something, mommy says no. You know, all of these things are based on our, our, our visual learning. Um, we're learning to speak all, all observation. We're living a movie. And then it starts to shift where you start to have your own personality and expression, expression and things of that nature. But when there is this constant void that's needing to be filled, you can tell that you're spiritually dead. You know, the spirit in and of itself is that that part of you that makes up the whole. You are, they say, spirit soul and body your soul is your emotions your will that part of you that gets gets driven to get up in the morning and then your body executes the tasks and your spirit and your body are exact opposite sides of the spectrum but when you are in the world and you don't have the holy spirit dwelling in you your body takes control you live according to as they say in the word in your flesh in your body you everything is sensory you don't live from your higher self and you know that you are operating from your higher self when you have the indwelling uh from the spiritual perspective the holy spirit you can be indwelt with other spirits we have all kinds of practices out here where you can be attuned and all different stuff to different spirits but we are speaking specifically about the Holy Spirit that is part of that triune spirit of God. We are made in God's image. We are spirit, soul, and body, just like God is you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are all three, just like God. We are made in his image. And that portion, when you are born again, you are then you are filled with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and you begin to just change on the inside. And it doesn't happen overnight because it's a process. And we've been living in these bodies, a lot of us, for a long time. God can do a lot more when we start young, but it depends on your upbringing. And let's face it, Satan hates God. He's always wanted everything that Satan does is to be God, even to have control and dominion over us when it is supposed to be the exact opposite. So everything that he does is to deceive us into a, a pattern of of servitude to serve him because he wants the status that God rightfully has. And at the at the end of the day, we know the word says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So you can profess what you want. But I know in the end we win. I know in the end that everybody's going to take a knee. So it is what it is. Do you have, can you do me a favor and look up the, um, the salvation prayer and the salvation prayer? Because, you know, I think this is the perfect time since we're talking about spiritual death. How do you become alive? How do you get back in alignment with God and 
there is a sinner's prayer. That's what it's called, the sinner's prayer. Um, so we're going to, you can always Google, love Google, look up the sinner's prayer and repeat it yourself. But the difference is you have to meet it in your heart. And once you rededicate yourself to God, the Holy Spirit seals himself to you and will never leave. But just understand to want to be like God, when you read the word and you see what it's like to be a follower of Christ, it's not an easy life, but it's very fulfilling. And when you start to know who you are, the hard stuff, it becomes inconsequential because you know, in the end, like I said, every knee is going to bow. It doesn't matter who tries to argue with you, who tries to speak differently, they're going to bow too. So you can walk in confidence in knowing that you're on the winning side. You can walk in confidence knowing that you are loved and God is in your corner and he will take care of any drama. But just understand the longer you live in sin, there's a, there is that shift. You have to work through a lot of the mud it's like pouring fresh water in a cup full of mud. There's that a lot of water has to go in before that water starts to become clear, but you'll start to see it become clear as that fresh water fills you up. And again, we told you about Google in the sinner's prayer, but I'm just going to read it to you. And if any of you want to recite it, I, I, I happily welcome you uh, to recite this with us. And it says, Father, I know that I have broken your laws and my sin has separated me from you. I am truly sorry. I am truly sorry. And now I want to turn away from my sinful past sinful life. I want to turn my life towards you. I want to turn my life towards you. Please forgive me for my sin. Please forgive me for my sin. And help me to avoid sinning again. I believe that your son Jesus Christ I believe that your son Jesus Christ died for my sins died for my sins and was resurrected from the dead and was res- res- resurrected from the dead and is alive and hears my prayer and is alive and hears my prayer I invite you Lord Jesus I invite you Lord Jesus to become Lord of my life to become Lord of my life to rule and reign in my heart from this day forward Please send me your Holy Spirit. Please send me your Holy Spirit. To help me obey you and to teach me in all truth. To help me obey you and to teach me in all truth. And to do your will for the rest of my life. And to do your will for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now if you said that, you're the property of the Lord God Almighty. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you are, from this moment forward, changing every day. So we congratulate you. Welcome to the family. If you have any questions, if you want to share any feedback, we welcome you. To be honest, the truth is what it is. So negative, we don't have the time for, but if you want to keep it positive, we are more than welcome to 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 speak with you and to exchange our hands and hearts in loving relationship and family many blessings to you and till next time have a wonderful day god bless you